The MX Vice Show. All right, welcome everybody to episode 138 of the MX Vice Show. We have an action-packed show ready for you today. But before we welcome Slovenian MX2 star, Jan Panzer, I'm Ed Strapman, your host, and the first part of the show is brought to you by Parts Europe. Parts Europe distributes spare parts, accessories, and rider equipment for all motorbike segments in Europe. We support the sport. Tagline is fortified through the Thor and Moose house brands and their support of world elite MX riders like Blandron, Prado, Langenfelder, Guadagnini, Jonas, Bogers, and nine times world champion Thor ambassador, Tony Cairoli. Your Parts Europe dealer has access to all the big brands for your motocross and enduro bike, Necken, Pro Circuit, FMF, ODI, Cycra, Renthal, Recluse, and many, many more in stock and ready to be shipped. Check out their website at partsEurope.eu or contact your local Parts Europe dealer. With a dealer network of over 10,000 shops, we're sure there is one close to you. All right, thanks for joining us, Jan Panzer, Slovenian MX2 star, who continues to impress this season, building on last year as well. So how's life, mate? Thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, hello, everyone. So I'm um, really excited to be here. Yeah, mate. Just talk us about how the season's been for you. Obviously, very impressive. Again, considering the program you're running, very much privateer. And, you know, you don't have the resources a lot of those factory guys have. So you've got nine top 10 overall finishes so far, 10th in the MX2 World Championship. So you've been happy with it so far. And Maybe tell the listeners a little bit more about your program because you run the team and do a lot of the things yourself, don't you? Uh yeah, I mean uh, the the season was pretty good. Um, uh, the beginning was good, but then uh, I started running pretty good, like in the hard packs. Uh, so I'm really happy with that. Uh, I still want to be better, but uh, it's really hard uh, to be like uh, like privateer, you know. Uh, if you look uh, factory guys, they uh, the teams invest millions into them, so. Uh, and I do it like with the lowest budget possible. Uh, so for sure, it's uh, not the easiest job, but uh, it, I'm like kind of proving that it's still possible to be competitive even with uh, like a low budget. So um, almost anyone can do it. Uh, but yeah, I'm pretty happy with the season. Um, not happy with some races, but uh, it's Marshall Cross. Uh, but yeah, uh, now I think I'm coming back in the form. So I'm really f- looking forward to Sweden. Uh, even last year was a really good race for me. And uh, the track is uh, really nice and the atmosphere around it is really beautiful. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and how's the preparation for Sweden been? Obviously, uh, I got sent some stats from Paul Piercy about how you've gone there in the past and ninth overall recently, and you had an average first lap position of eighth that day, and you know you did well in the qualifying race too. So just tell us a bit about how excited you are for that and how's this week in preparation been for you because it would have been nice to have a week off as well last weekend, especially after three rounds straight. Uh, yeah, uh, I actually went to, to Croatia to have some days off um but i still still like train physically uh did two two dive two times on the bike and uh yeah just uh the the sweden last year was good i was like uh in quality race i was running second place i think almost the whole race uh then i just uh got some arm pump <laughs> was a bit too nervous but uh, it's still okay uh, and then uh, in the first motor i did a little bit uh, like a mistake so i crashed so I don't, I 
didn't have such a good overall result just because of this first moto, but then second moto was uh, sixth. So I was uh, I was feeling good on the on the bike and on the track. So I think the the track is suiting me. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, mate, it should be a good one for you as well. And the last couple, obviously, on the sandier stuff have been a bit mixed for you. Lommel, what didn't go so well, and then Finland, you did really well. So were you happy with those, mate? And how's the sand riding coming along? Uh, yeah, actually, even the locket was not the best. I had some <laughs> bad luck, uh, just uh, bad starts. And, uh, you know, locket, it's almost impossible to pass. Yeah. Uh, Lommel is just uh, Lommel. Uh, it's... Uh, really hard for a Slovenian to, to be competitive there, uh, especially for me because I kind of, I'm going to college and stuff, so I don't really, really have time to go live in uh, Belgium or Netherlands uh, to be training there. So I train on, like only 20 times on the sand in the whole year. So uh, it's difficult to be with the top guys. And I had some bad luck too with second moto crash, but uh, it's uh, motocross and I need to I need to improve in the sand. Uh, but yeah, in Finland uh, was uh, like a step in the right direction. Uh, was not uh, perfect, but uh, I think um, the speed in the second moto was good. Um, so I'm feeling good now. Uh, I I think I can push in Sweden. Yeah, so just tell us a bit more about your studying, mate, because obviously you're doing a pretty serious degree over there and it obviously makes it all the more impressive that you're balancing that on top of the privateer program you're doing. So once you finish the course, do you plan to maybe move to Belgium for a little bit to get those sand hours in? Um, yeah, just doing uh, like in university, uh, mechanical engineering. So uh, I already did all the like exam and stuff. So I'm just finishing the diploma. It's like I need to finish it in one week. So now is the time when I'm writing all the time uh, because I was like everything last minute. So not the best for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just have to finish this and then uh, I have more time. And uh, for sure, I think I will. Uh, have the time to go to Belgium and do the sand riding, you know. Uh, and I think uh, the sand riding even uh, helps for the hard pack at the end. So it's uh, good for both. Pretty awesome, mate. Does your course obviously help you understand more about the bike? Is that one of the reasons why you did it as well? Uh, yeah, for sure. It's uh, it, And like riding and everything, because uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, all about the physics. Uh, so... I do understand a little bit better, but still, uh, I was just uh, interested in this uh, kind of stuff. So that's why I went uh, forward with it. And because I wasn't like uh, riding uh, with like factory guys, so um, I have to to have like a backup plan. So that's why I went to college. Um, and yeah, I kind of, uh, it's not so hard for me uh to to get these things together and the uh, corona times helped me a lot because uh it was everything over like online on zoom and stuff so i just went training and uh, opened the zoom on my phone and i went riding and stuff so <laughs> it was much easier uh because if like everything was in the in the university it would be much harder to be there and uh, stuff so uh, corona actually helped me 
Yeah, mate. It's obviously allowed open access to this kind of interview like we're doing now, mate. And could you just tell us a little bit more about the program? Because your father obviously helps you a lot with the mechanic and the training, that kind of stuff. But you sort of do all the flights, sponsorship, training, organizing, diet, nutrition. You do everything yourself, really, don't you? Uh, yeah, uh, it's just basically two, two men team, uh, uh, me and my father. Uh, my father is like a trainer, mechanic, uh, driver to the races, uh, everything. So, and I'm, I do the, yeah, the email stuff, um, the, the diet and stuff is a little bit, I get some help from my, uh, physical training, I, trainer, I have a physical trainer, so um that's good you know to be uh, in shape so yeah it's a lot of work for sure but uh, now is the second year so i started to get uh, more used to it and already can do stuff uh, quicker than uh, the first time because you still like learning how to do it uh, so it's still okay but uh, for sure it would be easier to just be uh like this stuff uh like you don't have to do so much stuff you know uh, you can think more about the the races and the trainings and stuff it must be pretty satisfying when you beat a lot of factory riders which you do regularly mate because you know that they've got all the resources and they can just purely dedicate themselves to racing whereas you've got so many different things to deal with and of the sponsors back home you've obviously picked up some pretty good sponsors and and obviously they're appreciating what you do because it was pretty cool that you're in the indonesian rounds as well to see you out there mate so how did that sort of come about was it just purely because of the sponsors funding that sort of experience for you uh yeah i'm just really really happy to i really appreciate to have these good sponsors to back me up uh they're basically uh supporting me because they see that uh, i work hard and they want to help me it's not like uh, they will earn money from me you know uh and uh, it's like uh, a passion of them so uh yeah before the this season we with my father we decided that we want to go for the last year in mis2 to all the races and uh, we went to the sponsors and pitched the idea and they were on board so uh now we just have to execute the plan and uh, we did so i'm really happy with that yeah that's awesome mate it's cool to see you growing and you're going from strength to strength and the results are really impressive as well mate and i wanted to ask you how important is it for motocross in slovenia having obviously yourself but also someone like tim geyser you know an absolute champion and you know it must be so good for the sport having him because he's pretty much like a national hero in a lot of ways in slovenia isn't he mate because you know you got heaps of good soccer players like i love you know handanovic and oblak as elite goalkeepers and you got nba guys like Doncic. but how popular is guys are back home mate because you hear a lot of things about you know and he gets a lot of national media coverage and this kind of thing mate so how popular is he and how good is he for the sport and yourself even yeah i mean uh if to be honest uh like before guys are um there were no uh, like mainstream media stuff from motocross in Slovenia. So guys really opened that up. Um, so it's much more media attention. And because of guys are even me, I have more. So um, for sure, he made that uh, much better. Uh, and yeah, if if we, we are, we look like uh, in Slovenia, we, we are like only 2 million people. And uh, we have a lot of good uh, sports uh, men. So uh, we are really competitive and uh, like 
only two million, we are really good. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Slovenia is really good in sports. Um, I don't know exactly why, but uh, we just are. Uh, but yeah, Team Geyser is always uh, good for for the sport and for me, for sure. Uh, he has the, his own track. Uh, so uh, when I have the time, I go to his track and we train together. It's always good uh, to see to see what he's doing, uh, try to learn from him. And uh, he is always uh, like welcoming me. So uh, it's really nice to have him. Yeah, it was really cool that you had a little segment on the, obviously on the studio show as well as the Behind the Gate show. That must have been a pretty cool experience as well, mate. And it was actually also very sort of heartwarming to see Tim Geyser saying all those nice things about you, how much he respects and appreciates all you do. So do you have a little bit of time on the weekends to just chat about the race, chat about the lines and just, you know, talk to each other, even though you're both very busy? Uh, yeah, for sure. We always uh, hang out in on the races. So yeah, it was really nice uh, to see the Behind the Gate uh, episode. So uh, we really appreciate him. So it was really nice. And actually this week, uh, maybe not all the guys know, but uh, close to the track is like a go-kart course or just like a track. And we already arranged, we have a race uh, in on Friday. So uh, <laughs> we're going uh, full gas. <laughs> so what's the prize for the winner mate is there some money or what are we talking about ah uh, it's just uh bright you know right yeah. bright <laughs> no that's so cool mate it's you know obviously in motocross it's so cool to see guys succeeding because there's a lot of sacrifice and i guess a lot of suffering to get to the top of the sport because it's just really brutal and you got to deal with things yeah. like injuries mate so just tell us a little bit about you know i guess your pathway as a junior all the way to becoming a professional mate, some of the key milestones and I guess how you got started as well. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, got started uh, at three years old. I got uh, a bike to for like a birthday and my father was riding before. So that's why I was uh, invested in it. Uh, I was just going with him on the races and training. So I just started riding and uh, at the beginning, it was just for fun. Uh, and I was uh, like doing uh, more sports uh, like uh, football. I actually did golf, uh, like uh, ski jumping. And uh, so, yeah, a lot of sports. So uh, at the end, I was like, I think at 12, I decided, of course, I would do only much cross. But um, I was always uh, quick, but uh, not like in front, in front. So. I was always like one step behind the front guys. Uh, so I was so didn't have the best bikes and stuff. Didn't get so much uh, sponsors and stuff. So it was uh, pretty hard for me. Uh, but then uh, like three or four years ago, I started to train with uh, my physical trainer, who is now the same. Um, and uh, we did a lot of the on the physical side because uh, before I was not training enough uh, because I didn't know how to. And uh, that's uh, why this, I think that's why the big uh, jump in my results are. So it's uh, all thanks to him. And uh, that's why the, the results are getting better. And I'm, I think I'm just getting started. 
Yeah, but it must be satisfying seeing all that progress and obviously having, I guess, a late start compared to a lot of the other guys in terms of yeah. discipline and that approach that you need to have to sort of be the top. So in the future, that bodes pretty well, mate, that you should keep making massive steps as you head into MXGP. And before we talk about that, I wanted to ask about Tushintal in Germany, mate. What's so special about that track that makes you so good at it, mate? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was, first time I was there, I was hating it. I was like... <laughs> Three times a moto, I like uh, got uh, stuck my foot in the rut and stuff. So I was like, "What? This is not a good track." <laughs> and then I, I don't know. In one year, I just became so much better in the ruts, and now I just love the ruts, like hard pack ruts. It's like my main thing. So I just come there and I feel uh, at home. So uh, I like to <laughs> to ride in the ruts. It's a uh, the best feeling for me and uh, i'm the faster there's the fastest there so i think the, that's the reason why i'm so good in Tonchato. yeah so obviously what are some of your other favorite tracks then mate obviously in similar hard pack services where you've done well in the past so i guess sweden's probably one of them too is it yeah sweden for sure and uh, i mean everyone is gonna say it but it's mentally basing you know yeah. uh, i think it's just the track is big uh, big jumps uh, so yeah i mean uh it's a little bit more like uh american style track so um for sure i think they could uh, maybe implant some new checks in mxgp program to to have bigger tracks uh, but uh it is what it is yeah mate it's a tough one there's been a lot of talk about the track prep and obviously running the four classes on a weekend it gets pretty brutal and beat up and there's yeah. not as much time to do the track prep What's your take on all this sort of thing, mate? And the watering, I guess, as well as another issue. I mean, the the prep is not so bad. It's good uh, to have, like, the, the track is rough, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, uh, I just hate it because they always put so much water before Amy store. And they, they put no water before Amy GP. So Amy GP has perfect track. <laughs> and we just go in the mud phase at the beginning. I think they could do a bit better on that, you know, to be just a little bit before MX2 and a little bit before MXGP and would be better for us, for sure. But yeah, the, the problem is uh, it's not, I think it's not so much in the, the prep on the tracks, but the tracks itself, because they're just uh, too small uh, and you cannot do too much from it. So uh, I understand uh, that they want to have the tradition and stuff, so um, it's really hard, uh, but I don't know. And in Europe, it's uh, always hard to get a lot of land to do a big motocross track uh, because just everywhere is houses and stuff. So that's why I think in America you have such a big tracks and stuff because they have so much space. Uh, so, yeah, it's really difficult uh, for msgp to organize stuff uh, but uh, yeah i don't know maybe uh, if they can uh, try to uh, to do more on the like uh, making uh, one line this as good as the the fastest line you know between the races so you have two lines because like in uh, locket was uh, so hard to overtake mm. and i think they could do some stuff a little bit better to be uh, more the same speed, you know. 
Yeah, it's well said, mate. Obviously, yeah, Lockett and Finland, especially so hard to pass on those yeah. tracks. You really had to like piece together at many, many corners in advance, which is kind of what you have to do anyway. But you yeah, really had to execute absolutely perfectly. And I was going to say, yeah. is obviously, you see Prado with the Spanish GP in the last couple of years, and you got Jeremy Sue has got a home GP. There's a Dutch GP for Hurlings and these kind of guys. It'd be nice for a Slovenian GP for Geyser and yourself, mate. Have you heard any talks about that as well? And obviously, me being an Australian, there's been a bit of talk about an Australian GP coming on the calendar next year, mate. So thoughts on the Slovenian GP? Is there any talks about it? Uh, I mean, first of all, I think the Australian GP would be nice. I think you guys have some good tracks and uh, and some good guys. So um, I think it would be perfect. But yeah, for Slovenian, there uh, was actually a lot of talk for this season to, to be the race, but uh, there will not, not be any. Uh, just a problem with the, the place and uh, money and stuff. So... Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, when the race will be in Slovenia, they will see uh, the the fans will be crazy. So I think uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, and uh, it's it's gonna be good for me and uh, for all the guys who is gonna be riding from Slovenia because uh, uh, I think riding at home is something special. Yeah, you see the guys are fan club. I guess you've probably got a lot of those guys that are on the Pansar fan club too, mate. They go wild, don't they, with the flares and the chainsaws and the flags. So I guess you feel that support at the races too, I'd imagine. Yeah, they kind of uh, Pansar and guys are fan club <laughs> because they just uh, switch the, the the T-shirts between the races. <laughs> and so, it, yeah, they're really supportive and... Uh, I mean, all the races are pretty far and they still come to the races and uh, it's crazy. So uh, I really appreciate them. Yeah, mate, absolutely. And I suppose they get another more serious race with the qualifying race having points this year. I want to ask you your thoughts on that, mate. It divides opinion with, you know, the risk and, you know, but then again, there's more track time because it's not the one-day schedule. It's back to the two-day, obviously, after Corona. So your thoughts on, I guess, the one or the two-day, do you prefer which one better? And just your thoughts on the points in the qualifying race. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, not the best uh, not the best for me because I'm not the best starter. I mean, it's really hard with the almost standard bike. Um, I mean, it's not that bad, but it's not factory, you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, 10 points is just, it is what it is. I mean, uh, it's the same for everyone. Um, for sure it's, uh, another risk in the weekend. Um, but what can we do? We just do what they say to us. And, uh, uh, yeah, at the end it can be a huge difference. Uh, it's like, uh, almost, uh, like almost 200 points you can get from, so yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, mate, it's a tough one. It looks like it's here to stay, though. I was going to say, do you guys get consulted in much with some of the decision-making that goes on? Obviously, there's some big riders critical of that, that they maybe should be asked more into terms of decision-making. So would you like that to happen? Um, yeah, I think they should. Uh, I, don't, I don't get so much involved. So uh, maybe I think could be... Um, I think the best solution like for the track prep would be to ask some of the riders. Like I know for me that I, I can, uh, I have a good feeling for the tracks. So I could uh, like say for some corners, do this, do that to be more uh, like outside, inside the same. So 
uh, because uh, sometimes it looks like uh, from the outside uh, it's good, but when you go ride it, it's uh, it's not the same. So uh, maybe from this side they can uh, they can ask us a bit more, and uh, we can help them with that. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And with the talk on tracks, mate, when you spoke to James in Spain, the boss at MX Vice, you mentioned that you'd love to head to America to race some AMA rounds. Is that still on the cards in the future, mate? Something you'd love to do? Because those tracks are pretty awesome over there, aren't they? Uh, Yeah, for sure. I mean, I just love watching it. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, we never know uh, if I get an offer from USA. um, I would probably accept it. But yeah, um, Supergrass, I never ride it, never rode it. So I don't know how that will go. But uh, the outdoors are, uh, the tracks are like perfect. Uh, so I think uh, I would I would love to, to race even a one race or just however I can do. You obviously keep a close eye on it. So who are some of the guys you watch, I guess, for, you know, tips on technique and just how they approach different sections, corners, lean angles, head position, all this kind of stuff. I'm sure you study and analyze all this. So you must be loving watching, I guess, Jet Lawrence for starters, Sexton. And then obviously you got guys in the 250 class that you race. And it's pretty cool seeing guys like Deegan, Cooper, Shimoda, even Tom Vial, who you've raced against many times. There's just so many great guys in America. I guess were some of those guys, you know, maybe Tomac and Roxon, were they your idols growing up as well? Oh uh, yeah, uh, Roxon for sure. Uh, I mean, uh, look, like just watching Jet Lawrence is uh, is just crazy because uh, he looks so effortless. Uh, he's just crazy, you know? um, but uh, yeah, even Sexton is uh, is really good. Uh, and uh, two fifty is just always uh, excited to watch. They always uh, go pin it and uh, just full gas uh, so yeah uh, Digan is uh, doing really good uh, Hunter is uh, is very good but he has some bad luck this year uh, so yeah it's uh, I always watch races uh, you can always run, learn something from watching it and I just enjoy it too so uh, it's a plus plus Oh, absolutely, mate. It's just great racing to watch both the MXGP, yeah. MX2, 450 yeah, and 250 sure. in America. It's all awesome, mate. And are you looking forward to going to the motocross nations and racing these guys, assuming obviously Slovenia will be sending a team? That's something to be pretty awesome, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I hope they send a team. Probably they will. Um, this year, the guys Geyser is healthy, so um i think we are going and yeah it's gonna be for sure it's gonna it's always something special to be riding dynamics of nations uh i mean we i don't have such a pressure but uh, like america against europe you know it's a big thing so uh, it's always nice uh, to see where you are and then you can it's not the same to be there or here but it's still some comparison and it's always nice Absolutely, mate. And with the Nations, would you be riding a 450, mate? Because obviously you're making the step up to MXGP next year. Is your plan to do a privateer program as well? Or have you had some offers and talks to some teams about a potential ride next year? And I guess your style would probably suit the 450 pretty well, mate, because you're a bigger guy, but you're sort of precise, technical, pretty calculated, intelligent rider, aren't you, mate? So you looking forward to that? Uh, Yeah, actually, uh, for the MX Nations, uh, I don't know yet. Uh, maybe two fifty, maybe four fifty. Uh, because I don't have a bike yet, so uh, I don't know about that. But um, yeah, maybe it would be great to be on the four fifty. 
Um, but for sure, uh, I think I'm a little bit more technical guy, more precise, and uh, not so like uh, pinned, just full gas. So, I mean, like training at home on a little bit more flat tracks, the 450 suit me when I tried it. Uh, it's just more power, you can go faster, you know. Uh, but I don't know how that will translate to rough tracks uh, and stuff. So uh, we will have to see, just have a good winter and uh, we will see how it will go. But uh, for the teams, uh, now I don't know. We I have some talks with some teams and uh, for sure, I think I can still uh, do the private year things. So I have that uh, as a backup plan. So we will see more towards the end of the season. Yeah, it'll be exciting, mate, to see two Slovenians in MXGP for sure. And I guess it's a tough decision to weigh up whether to go with the team or to keep what you're doing because you obviously, you know, those sponsors are really loyal to you and you're loyal to them. So I guess you have more freedom and flexibility and maybe a little bit less pressure, I guess, doing what you're doing as opposed to being on a team. Is that something you obviously will be taking into consideration too? Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean... If I would get a really good offer, really good team for sure. But uh, just to be in the team is, uh, I think, it's not worth it because we have such a good structure as a privateer. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, if you don't gain anything from it, it's just I think it's pointless because I'm loyal to my sponsors and uh, if they support me, why change for? Uh, the same amount of money or stuff or everything, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And what are your thoughts on the actual age rule, mate? Do you think it should be pushed up to 25 or 26? A lot of guys had mentioned that before. I was on a podcast earlier this week with Elijah Weesey, an Australian rider is a privateer as well, and he watches MXGP and he said maybe something like a performance-related situation where if you have a certain amount of wins or a certain amount of races, then, you know, that's when you have to go up. So, you know, maybe if you haven't got podiums before, it might be, you know, okay to stay in the 250 class. What do you think about that? I mean, uh, it's hard to say, but if we watch uh, America, mm-hmm. they have no age limit and MX2 is packed, you know. Uh, it's good to watch, but I don't know. I think uh, the perfect age limit would be 25. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe do 25 and some limitations to like, now it's uh, two times champion, you need to go forward maybe do with the wins or something but uh, i think now uh, it's starting to to get msgp really packed but uh, mx2 a little bit less because it's like a generation of us that started uh, to be too old so we all have to go into msgp so um, yeah we're gonna see uh, msgp is gonna be packed next year for sure um it's uh it's difficult because uh, there is not uh, a lot of spot for factory rides and uh, motocross is just uh, not a lot of money in it. So if you're not a uh, factory, you're not uh, you're not earning uh, a lot of money. So it's uh, it's hard to to not be factory and be running uh, all the races. Yeah. So um, I don't know um, what can we do about that uh, for sure they can maybe do something but i didn't heard anything uh, about changing anything so we will see 
Yeah, we'll watch this space, see if anything happens, mate. But it is like such a massive step up, like you said, from MX2 to MXGP because, you know, those guys are established riders and there's so few spots. And, you know, it's like you're going up against Hurlings next year. And, and I guess Prado is not as experienced, yeah. but he's so fast. And February, you know, the guys in their 30s. And it's just such a big step, isn't it, mate? So it's, I guess it's pretty intimidating for, you know, you guys, you know, not only making the step up, but making the step up on not factory equipment like those guys have. So it is pretty massive, mate. But but it's just something you got to fight, I guess, because you got no choice. Are you a bit intimidated? Yeah. Step, I guess. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like uh, in MX2, it's like, I don't know, five year difference, and MXGP, it can be to 10 years. And it'll be uh, tough, the, mate, because it's just like, I guess an MX2 so is a junior definitely class. Definitely, it's, it? uh, it's definitely harder, but uh, at the end of the day, you just have to, to like get it out of your mind and just like you race with everyone so that's the only thing you can really do and i wanted to ask you a bit more about your bike how happy are you and it's basically a very stock bike obviously you got some good sponsors that you support you with some parts and how much time do you actually get to do testing and uh, are you pretty handy at testing the suspension and you know doing various things to the engine mate you probably have a pretty good base with your study and your father helping you um yeah i mean uh we do we do some stuff on the bike uh the engine like as much as we can uh just but not to to put to put too much money in it so the bike is i think for like for the race stuff it's good i can be competitive for sure um but the start i think uh, this is where i i'm struggling the most uh for sure i can do better on the starts too so um i'm working on it so i'll try to to be better at that for sure um but yeah, I mean, uh, sand is uh, is still for sure much difficult, much more difficult uh, with the the bike because uh, like every horsepower, it's even bigger difference. Um, so um, yeah, it is what it is. Um, I have to to just ride with what I have and do the best I can do. And uh, about suspension, it's just uh, having uh, with a kit and. Uh, and the suspension is just the most important part it how you set it up so we just uh, try with my father to do as good as possible in the winter to have a good base and then uh, you just uh, change little things race to race and uh, you try to to like get it right for the right track and uh, that's basically it yeah, mate. I was going to ask, do you find it hard not having teammates, you know, on the weekend to talk about lines, talk about strategy, talk about your bike, these kind of things, or is that something you're just used to now? Um, yeah, I'm kind of used to it. Uh, for sure, it would be maybe easier to have uh, more people around me to to speak, uh, to, to get more ideas in, to like, to maybe get some better ideas about uh stuff i'm feeling with the bike or just uh, riding uh, so it's a little bit easier to find the solutions but uh, it is what it is um, so yeah it's still okay yeah i was also going to ask you mate with ducati and triumph coming into mxgp in the next couple of years is that something that's interesting to you obviously more rides more factory rides it's pretty cool for guys like yourself isn't it uh yeah i mean uh new spots uh i don't know how the the bike will be um maybe it's gonna be good from the beginning or just they will struggle a, bit, a little bit but for sure it's uh it's good for the sport uh 
more uh, manufacture is always good. So um, I'm I'm open to to testing or even riding for them. So if they have an offer for me, they can they can send it to me. No problem. <laughs> Oh, mate, you'd be a great asset, obviously, with your knowledge and experience and, you know, doing it tough. And obviously, your course would help you probably fix things on the bike. And obviously, you're a pretty technical rider. So being able to make adjustments and feeling certain things on the bike would be something definitely a cool option to someone like yourself, mate. And I wanted to ask you, how do you sort of deal with the pressure and, I guess, weight of expectation you put on yourself when you're lining up on the gate? Because it is a lot to sort of carry that burden, isn't it, mate? And do you have any sort of routines or strategies like breathing or do you listen to music or these kind of things, mate, before the gate drops? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just doing uh, kind of, uh, of uh, meditation, just uh, trying to get a clear head and uh, get uh, just get ready uh, uh, to push and just uh, have a clear head, I think, is the most important thing because... Uh, if you start uh, thinking about things in between the motor, uh, it's, it's just going downhill. So you just have to get in like a manual mode. Uh, you just go for it and uh, do it like subconscious. And that's uh, that's uh, when you go the fastest. Yeah, awesome, mate. Now, just a couple more before I let you go. I want to ask, how was the Indonesian trip? Did you enjoy the tracks? How was the heat and the weather? It was pretty humid and, you know, pretty demanding on the body. And it was obviously very important to stay on top of your nutrition and hydration and this kind of thing. But it looked like the fans were always super happy to see you guys and they were right into it. And did you also get to enjoy a bit of the tourist stuff and go surfing and these kind of things? And did you manage to avoid the food poisoning as well? Um, yeah, it was actually a really good experience. I mean, the track was, was not the best. I mean, the first one is is a nice track, but I was just struggling with the 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 soil. It's just uh, it's like dust. It's not even sand. So it was like uh, really not consistent. Some were good grip, some were like no grip. So, uh, but I got used to it in, on Sunday a little bit better. So the result was pretty good. Uh, second race in track and track was actually the really nice the jumps and stuff uh, but it was a little bit small so uh, but otherwise I enjoyed the track uh, besides that uh, it was yeah it was really nice uh, to see the fans to be so excited to, to see us uh, to, to take photos it was uh, really really nice to see that and uh it was nice to have uh, some uh, days free between the races and uh, we rented a scooter and just uh, drive around the island with it. It's uh, The traffic, it's, it's crazy. It's like uh, on the track, you just go for it. It's uh, not thinking there, just uh, you go <laughs> like how you feel is the best. <laughs> there is no rules, you know, <laughs> but uh, it was fun uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, for the food, uh, I got a little bit of uh, poisoning, but was not not nothing uh, nothing too much. Uh, I was just trying to eat uh, like European food as much as possible, um, and it just I actually eat it just in the hotel in the restaurant because they had the most like European food. Uh, I feel like if you go eat uh, out in like on the street or stuff, you're just gonna get uh, diarrhea in a minute, you know. <laughs> and uh, the funny part is that uh, when you say like not spicy, 
it's like so much spicy still that it's okay but if you take spicy thing i don't know i didn't even try it because i would probably die yeah uh, it's just <laughs> so much spice in it but uh, at the end of the day it was uh, it was good um, good trip uh, good two races and damage gp organized the the races good so um yeah looking forward to it i hope i can go it go next year too so we will see yeah some of the riders were saying the two weeks was a bit long you know especially that second week it dragged out a little bit but it sounds like you enjoyed it mate yeah. would you be happy to put an australian gp after those two indonesian rounds or do you think they should do one indonesian and one australian what's your thoughts on it uh yeah maybe maybe the best solution would be one indonesian one australian I think that would be good. Uh, I mean, three weeks would be a bit too much, you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, Australia is really nice. I mean, uh, I don't like the spiders and snakes. So, <laughs> um, I see on TikTok, uh, you have some crazy spiders and uh, you cannot go in the toilet without looking in it. So No, nah, it's I not that know. bad, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know, I know. You know, but uh, it's still, it's funny to see that. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, the Australia looks sick, so I would uh, love to to visit it one day. Uh, for the race, it would be even better, you know. No, I'd love to have you there, mate. That's for sure, because the industry is massive in Australia. So still so many dirt bikes. Yeah. Motocross is really big, and you can see our riders doing great things across the world, mate. And just getting back to, the, I guess, the Slovenian scene, any kids from Slovenia listening to this, what would your advice for them to be to get into motocross? You know, you see they probably don't have the facilities like they are in America and Europe where kids go and train full time. So I guess the best pathway to become a motocross professional in your country. Um, yeah, that's a difficult question. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, just... Um... You have, like, when you're young, you have to do it because you love it. It's just, you know, just riding and just write like you you want to. Just write as much as possible, but, of course, not too much. Uh, and then uh, it's just, I think, it's really important to to go out, to go to the races in Italy, Austria, and European races, uh, uh, I like if you don't go outside of Slovenia, uh, it's just I think impossible to succeed because we have a um, small country, not a lot of good riders, and the tracks are pretty easy. So if you just ride, I mean, like to till 15 in Slovenia and then you go out to European race, you're just gonna get lost because the tracks are more difficult, uh, bigger jumps and stuff. So I think it's important uh, to 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 look at it like in like in investment. Uh, you just uh, have to to go out to the races. That probably the results will not be as good as you want to, but uh, with time and with the races, you will get better and better. And uh, when you come to maybe one twenty five, you will be competitive with the top guys. So uh, I think this is the the main uh, like main stuff to to get as good as possible because now i see we have some good potentials but uh, they're they don't like to go too much out and i understand because it's expensive and if you don't get you're not getting good results it's like why even go if yeah. you don't do good but yeah it's uh, I, it's like an investment uh, and uh, yeah much is stuff uh, i mean you have to do it because you love it 
Um, he's just uh, you spend so much so much hours in it, uh, so much money. It's not like uh, football. You just mm. uh, get ready, go to the football, and just play or just train, and you go home. Here is just even one training with a bike, almost half a day goes. You know, yeah. Uh, so it's a difficult sport, but uh, whoever loves it loves it and it's uh, not so difficult and uh, yeah i think this is the the most important thing and for sure um if your father is not so much in it was he was not in the motocross before uh, get like some trainer to to help you i think uh, it's really important uh, from like young age to have some inf- you don't have to have every training trainer but just so you have to get the the basics down so you learn the right way to ride because if you start riding wrong it's uh, really hard to um to then learn the right way you know uh, i mean i can say it from my own experience uh, i i was riding like uh, flat-footed and uh like my toes were out and I'm still kind of struggling with it because it's just so hard to to get to used to it, you know, because you learn that way and you have to, to relearn. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is the 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 most important things to to get good in motocross. That's great insights, mate. Yeah, definitely the, the next generation of Slovenian riders definitely have some pretty cool guys to look up to you and Tim. So hopefully we see that coming through pretty soon, mate. And just a couple more. Any hobbies outside of motocross? Any other, I guess, professional sports you follow? And just, I guess, to take your mind off it because it's a lot uh, you got going on in your schedule, mate. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, I watch uh, some golf sometime. I do a little bit of golf now. Uh so yeah, it's pretty good uh, to to get uh, your mind off, you know. Uh, I watch some NBA, and so yeah, and I I mean the most important thing is just motocross. I would like to watch MXGPs or outdoors, supercross, everything. So uh, that's the main thing, and just uh, kind of enjoying life uh, as much as I can. Yeah, awesome, mate. And just lastly, your sort of aims for the rest of the season and anyone you'd like to say thanks to, sponsors, family, friends, give them a shout out. And also, where can everyone follow you on social media? Uh, yeah, the plans uh, are pretty simple. Just do as best as I can. Uh, try to do some uh, good results at the end of the season. It's always the plan. Um I think I can do maybe do some five, top fives uh, for sure on the hard packs. I can do it. Uh, just need to go, do the good starts, and I think I'm more than capable of it. Uh, so yeah, I would like to to thank uh, like all my sponsors. Um, I'm not gonna tell everyone, so uh, just you know who you are, who are helping me. So. I really appreciate it uh, just uh, to to uh, give me the possibility to to live my uh, to my dreams uh, so I can do this and try to be a professional motocross driver so thank you very much uh, and uh, you guys can uh, follow me on Instagram and Facebook it's uh, panzer 253 uh, it's pretty simple so uh, if you want to see some stuff from me.
Awesome, mate. Yeah, it's impressive what you're doing. Massive respect. And yeah, thanks for jumping on the show, mate. It's been a great listen and to hear all about your story and how well you're going, mate. The success is coming and definitely a bright future for you. But before we let you go, we'll thank the sponsors for this one in AS3 Performance Parts, the home of aftermarket motocross and enduro parts, from hardware and protection parts, including skid plates and radiator braces, to performance cooling parts, including silicon radiator hoses and oversized impeller kits. AS3 have a huge range of brake, clutch and gear levers, all with different features and adjustability as well. Check them out outline at asreperformance.co.uk and also Kawasaki Motors UK are pleased to announce the arrival of the new KLX 140R range. The easy to ride KLX 140R lineup offers a 144cc engine plus suspension and push button electric start making for great trailblazers. The KLX 140 machines come in three different sizes ranging from juniors first tentative steps to pushing the door wide open on adult riding. The highly regarded KLX 140R range is ready and willing to add fun enjoyment in 2023. Contact your local off-road dealership for more information. All right, thanks again, Jan, for joining us and all the best for the rest Thank of you. the season. It's great to hear from you. Thank you for having me. See you on some races if you come. I hope so, mate. So, so. Have a nice day. See you when you come to the races. Thanks, mate. All the best.